Hey everyone, thanks for joining us this week on our episode of Weathering the Market by Minuteman Weather. I'm meteorologist Dion DeLeo. And I'm meteorologist Kaylee Carey. And what are we going to be talking about today, Dion? Uh, I'm pretty sure lots of you have noticed. It's hot in a lot of crazy places where it shouldn't be hot right now. That's right. Well, I guess it it could be hot there. But it? abnormally hot. Yes. I guess that's the, that's, the, the, that's the, the key there. Abnormally hot in a lot of places where it shouldn't be. And the main spot we're talking about, as you probably, you're probably aware, is the Pacific Northwest. So basically what's happening is this, it's an odd heat ridge. Like this is an anomaly. This is a, not a normal thing that we see all the time. This heat ridge is basically positioned in a place that, you know, the heat's going all the way to the coast, which is not normal because typically we have those specific cooler waters bringing in the cooler air. But basically this easter, easterly flow from the heat ridge that's a little bit further inland. So easterly flow, meaning that that warm air is flowing towards the Pacific Ocean from the Intermountain West is basically forced to descend down the mountains. And when it does, it's compressing and the warm air is getting warmer. In this case, we've been seeing record breaking heat. That's right. There's been numerous days where the temperatures have broke up 100, 100 to 110 degrees easily in areas where it's, it's not very common. And, you know, mind you, you know, if you are from the Pacific Northwest or, you're, or you've been to the Pacific Northwest, uh, you, you know, it's not, air conditioners aren't very common up there. They don't typically have those kinds of things. They don't usually need them. So as this compression happens, it's, it's just enhancing the overall heat that is impacting the regions. Yes, and in some areas, Canada hit its all-time high record, and I know I'm going to say this wrong, it was in Lytton, I believe, Lytton, British Columbia, of 126 degrees. Yikes. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that sounds like something you easily pick out of the desert southwest. That's like, you know, that's another day in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, you're right. Maybe that's a little extreme, but still, even so, that's something you would expect, you know, across the southwestern U.S., not in parts of British Columbia. I know. Odd. So, with all that being said, we're watching this heat ridge closely because as silking approaches rapidly for corn, if we see these kind of temperatures in the met in the Midwest, that could be detrimental. Very. Yes. Very detrimental, especially for regions that have already been experiencing dryness in in more of a, a more of a moderate sense of I guess of the term, relatively speaking, not nearly as bad as the West, but you know we we have been watching dry areas across portions of the Dakotas, uh, southern Minnesota, Iowa. Kansas, Nebraska, pretty much the Western Corn Belt, kind of like the Central Plains, like those areas have been, they've been dry already, you know, and, we, and they haven't even really had to experience the full on wrath of this heat ridge yet. So any kind of movement eastward could be, well, I mean, catastrophic, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's a very, that's a very strong word. It's a very strong word. Uh, Fair enough, it is. But you know, still, I guess he, I'm just trying to drive the point home. I mean, this is it's a very serious issue, and it could be a very, very serious issue for the markets. And I just want to go back real quick. I did my math wrong. Lytton, British Columbia, just three hours east of Vancouver, reached 46.6 degrees Celsius, which I calculate to be 129, but apparently it's 115.9 degrees Fahrenheit. So still ridiculous. That's on me. But yes, it's still way too hot. Still way too hot for British Columbia. So when looking at all of this, we have a lot of this heat out in the Northwest and models are, you know, forecasting this heat to move a little bit up into the Canadian prairies 
as we head a little bit further into the week. But then later on, we're looking at another system possibly pushing that heat back down into the central portion of the United States, being centered over North Dakota, South Dakota, and Nebraska. And keep in mind, this is all long range. So we're having to look at a lot here. And long range models during this time of year are starting to struggle, especially when that Southwest monsoon starts to pick up. For some reason, once we start to see those rains pick up in the desert Southwest, the Euro especially has a hard time handling that two week outlook. So it's kind of hard as a forecaster to say where exactly the placement of these ridges are going to be. But we do have the potential because as we all know, as we start to get into the middle of July, that Bermuda high tends to lift up a little bit further north tends to expand and with this current ridge that we're seeing up in the Pacific Northwest it ha they have the potential basically to create a super ridge. <laughs> I wish we could put a sound effect a in there. A super ridge. And once we see that that's where the potential for stress on you know across the Corn Belt could develop. Luckily, the eastern portion of the Corn Belt has seen a lot of rain and in some areas too much rain. They're not able to dry out. But we're, it looks like that we could possibly need that if these long-range outlooks do come to fruition, don't you think? Right, yeah. Drying out the eastern half of the Corn Belt would be, I think, would be a little bit more beneficial. Oh, you know, definitely not on the scale that, that uh, you know, we've seen across western parts of the Corn Belt. But, uh, you know, it's going to be really dependent on timing of when it gets there and, and how bad it's supposed to be and what phase the corn happens to be in. Exactly. So silking... I think we were looking at the charts the other day. It looks like it's coming up within the next, you know, 10 days on average-ish, which could be problematic, especially if you are in the Western Corn Belt, because if that heat is centered over Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, that does spell trouble. So another parameter that I was looking at, trying to figure out what's going on because these long range models are having a hard time handling everything. Um, and I don't know if you're following it this week, but the GFS was bringing in this closed low across the Northeast that the Euro wasn't even seeing. So everything is kind of everywhere. But with that being said, I turned to the MJO. I was starting to look at, are we gonna be in phase one? Are we gonna be in phase two, phase three? What are we dealing with? Currently phase two, which implies? Well, it, it pretty much lines up with what we're seeing a lot of right now. I mean, we're seeing a lot of this heat across the, uh, the Pacific Northwest, Northern Rockies. It, so it makes perfect sense that we're, we're, we're at a phase two right now. But more importantly, I think it's a matter of the forecast and where we where are we going from here. Exactly. So when I saw that the phase two was lining up with our current situation and that's where we were, I was like, okay, looks like MJO could be a good indicator of what we're going to deal with. So, and sure enough, we are forecasted to be in a phase three by July 5th. And that does indicate that heat starting to move a little bit further down to the central portion of the country. So when you're kind of looking at everything lining up, I'm like, oh, wow, this has the potential to happen. So definitely something that we're going to be watching closely and hopefully have a better grip on as we get through this holiday weekend and where the ridge placements and everything start to line up. That's we, can, we can only hope. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's all we got for you today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will catch you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Weathering the Market. We love sharing all this information with you guys. And if you didn't already know, we work for a company called Minuteman Weather, which provides a full range of energy and agricultural weather services. If you would like to sign up for a free trial or request more information, check us out at MinutemanWeather.com. We'll be back next Wednesday. Thanks. <laughs>